This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all spoilers. It's so, like, I just, watching it again, I just could not get over how, like, male-oriented this whole movie is. Yeah, I have this, like, this movie is basically the bro version of The Descent. That's it's, a really It's pretty much the equivalent. Point. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And some friends get into some shit. They go on a friendship trip. There's like this redemption arc and they're trapped with a monster while lost. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was wondering what this movie would have been like had they made it with women and they already did. And it's called The Descent. And that's a better movie <laughs> than this one. <laughs> so go watch that one. <laughs> I do love The Descent. <laughs> but I, like I really Descent, do. I really do love The Ritual. It's probably my favorite Netflix movie. I, I, I find myself disappointed with this movie oh, for, for sure. obvious reasons. <laughs> I think it's really good for the first hour. The first hour of yeah. this movie is really inventive. It's beautifully shot. The acting is really good. Um, and the story is really creepy and compelling. And then it just falls apart in the last third. And I kept wondering like why it did that and then I realized that this is adapted from a book. Right. And the book took a different direction in the end. I haven't read it, but that's what I've read about the adaptation is that the endings are different. And it makes me really want to read the book cuz you're right. I really love the first two acts of this movie. The third is like, ugh, what happened? I find that um there's something about the written form when you're reading a novel where twists and turns over the course of hundreds of pages um, don't feel like they come totally out of nowhere, right? There's like all of this room to kind of build up to it. Whereas in a movie, like it's so compressed that like when you do a tonal shift, it's it feels like you're watching a different type of movie. And I really struggle right. with that. Yeah. I was like, I want to watch a creepy monster in the woods story. I don't want to mm -hmm. watch a cult story. And I'll, now all of a sudden it's it's the cult that's the enemy and sort of like convoluted at this point. Do you remember the first time we watched this together? Yes. You and Zach had <laughs> already seen it. So you knew what it was about. And you told 
told us that we had to watch it and you were going to come watch it with us, but you weren't going to spoil anything. And you were like so tight-lipped the whole movie. And I was like... (laughs) Sat there in total silence. (laughs) Yeah. Like Mike and I were reacting and, you know, I'm a talker during movies and like Mm -hmm. I'm like saying stuff. And then like as it gets to the last like third of the movie when the twist happens, I was like, wait, is Megan like being tight-lipped because this movie is actually not good? (laughs) Like what's happening? (laughs) I really wanted to validate Zach's and my response to the movie. So I wanted to see if you guys had the same reactions to it because, you know, like you, um, the first two thirds were great. And then we were like bummed when it fell apart. But um, you guys had the exact same reactions that we had, like all the things you guys were calling out. I was like, okay, check that box, check that box. So <laughs> I mean, very genuinely- memorable experience. <laughs> When you read critic reviews of this, which it has a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I need to like, I need to give this movie more credit than I'm currently giving it. It's a good movie. Like it is a good movie. The last third just feels like so different from what the initial like two thirds are trying to set up. It does feel like a lot of critics agree though, that it's this really smart setup um, that just doesn't totally pay off. Like it just feels so anticlimactic at the end. Yeah, this uh, this one reviewer said that it was it was great. It was deceptively scenic. Uh, it was had great characters, horrible atmosphere setting, done well, but it was basically just a missed opportunity. And that's that pretty much sums up how I felt about this movie. It's it's overall really great, but. Um, they take a weird turn with it that I didn't appreciate. I think that the themes that they really try to explore in the movie are good. And they're really going for a neat arc with the main character of Luke and the environment is like stunning. It's so, so good. (laughs) Quick sidebar. This is shot in Romania. It's, it says it takes place in Sweden, but it was shot in Romania. And I was like, Man, Sweden just gets to take credit for how beautiful Romania is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Nobody is. Yeah, I I I uh I didn't realize how beautiful it was. Honestly. Yeah, all those like scenes of them in the like even in the creepy woods. I was like, "Wow, this is stunning. Like I would love to be in these cursed woods." <laughs> <laughs> I would love to take that shortcut. Should we uh should we do a quick summary so that we can start picking the movie apart even more? Yes, let's do it. So a group of four friends six months after the murder of their fifth friend uh, go on a memorial guys trip um, to Sweden to go on a three-day hiking trip um, capped off with a stay at a lodge. Uh, and after one of their friends gets injured, they decide to take a shortcut through very dense, very spooky forests. And uh, weird shit starts happening while in the forest. Uh, hallucinations, nightmares, tensions are raised, um, and they seem to be pursued by some sort of creature or thing while in the forest. I think that pretty much like covers at least like the broad strokes and a lot of the movie is based around, I think, male friendship. For sure. Yeah. And Zach and I were talking about this, that they they have such a nice balance between the five of them. And it seems like with the loss of Robert, they 
really are off balance now. They don't have a nice guy in the group to kind of keep them all level-headed. Right. I I couldn't help but feel like they were all once Robert died and it's just the four of them, they couldn't help but like lean into super masculine traits. Like even though they're really obviously devastated over the loss of Robert, it's like they're only letting themselves be angry about it. Like they don't know how to just be sad about things. They only know how to be mad about it. Yeah, and there's just so there's such a wide range of emotions. I mean, Phil doesn't really seem too phased. I mean, phased, but not he doesn't have a huge response. He's probably the least developed character, I think, in the movie. I think so um, too. Whereas Luke has this really heavy guilt that he carries around with him, um, since it was his idea to go into the liquor store and uh and that's what resulted in in the death of Robert. Um, Dom blames him and is, has got this like pent up anger at, at Luke for this, for what's happened. And then Hutch is kind of like, Hey man, I get it. Like, it wasn't your fault. You couldn't do anything to stop it. Um, so everyone's got like a different perspective on this, this murder that's happened. And it's really obvious that they haven't processed it. Like, this is six months later, and these guys haven't really processed what's happened together. Because we see that explosion later in the movie. Yeah, they, they, can't, they can't keep it in. And Luke's persistent shame over what happened just really colors all of his actions. And I think that that's the arc that they're really going for with him here is he wasn't able to stand up for Robert. Um, which I felt so bad for because I mean, like, it's it would have been the brave thing to try and help his friend, but it's also like it's okay that he didn't. What, how did you feel about that? I yeah, I'm glad you asked because I was a, I wanted to ask you this question as well. You know, if I was in that situation, I I would have been really annoyed at Robert for not giving up his ring. I think it's mm-hmm. really stupid to hold on to things like that when your life is at stake. It. Right. Yeah. So number one, I think that part is not on Luke for sure. Number two, you know, I was thinking, all right, he has the glass bottle. You can see he's like thinking about breaking it and using it to stab the guy. But that guy has a lead pipe. Like that's a, you'd have to be, you'd have to be really convicted and feel confident that you could sneak up behind this guy and get him before he gets you with the lead pipe. Also, there's multiple guys. There's, there's, there's multiple of them. And I don't blame him for not being able to act. Like it's a totally like fight, flight or freeze like response that he's having. And I felt bad that there was this shame from his friends but also like to in himself that he didn't do more and I just don't think that he needed to carry that like he didn't need to carry that like Mm -hmm. it's very much survivor's guilt right like that feeling of like if I had done more maybe that person would have survived but then maybe also he would have died too in the fray and that's somehow more brave than living I don't know. It's just like, I feel so bad for him because I don't think that we hold women to that standard. I think if a woman was like in this mode of self-preservation, we would be like, 
yeah, of course. Like (laughs) you were scared. Like, of course you were scared and like weren't able to like act like your brain was all fucked up at the time. But because he's a man, we're like, you should have been able to overcome that. He's also kind of given shit for just going in to get some alcohol to begin with. Like the guys are like, it's a school night. We have stuff to do tomorrow. Like, it's not a good idea. Let's just go home. And he's like this guy who wants to go to uh, Amsterdam for their trip. He wants to party like he wants to pretend that he's a 20 year old still. And Mm -hmm. so he's like annoyed that they're even talking about this hiking trip. And this is sort of like juxtaposed with Robert. Like Robert's this upstanding guy. He doesn't want to go into the liquor store. He goes in with him anyway to be a good friend, Mm -hmm. you know, so like there's like this blame being placed on Luke because Luke wanted to keep partying, which I don't think is really fair. You know, uh, it, no way to predict that a liquor store is being robbed when you go inside. And Dom, Dom kind of brings up later, like, you know, you walked out without a scratch while Robert's head is split open on the ground. And I was like, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah, I like that's where I think that these guys are just holding it against him. Like there's this undercurrent of like tension during their hiking trip where it seems like none of them are enjoying themselves. They're just like on this hiking trip (laughs) to honor their friend and it feels like they're doing it out of obligation and they're not even like you know what, let's make this the trip that Robert would have wanted. Let's enjoy ourselves and have a good time. Like, they're so obviously miserable, like, on this trip. (laughs) I don't think any of them wanted to go, really, except Robert. It was kind of his thing that he was pushing. I know. And it's that, like, yeah, you want to honor someone's memory, but, like, do you want to do it in a way where, like, you you hate every moment of it happening? (laughs) Yeah. So this movie is pretty much defined by its kill count. So I think, you know, we've already started with Robert. He is our first death. Um, But we might as well jump into that a little early. I think so, because this movie kicks off with this murder and they lose the best of them, you know, and he has a wife and kids. I know that Dom has a wife, but I don't think... They don't mention that the if the other guys do or not. And I don't think any Doesn't of the other seem ones have. like it. Yeah. So it's like this guy who was the glue for their group and had like a whole established life outside of the group too was the one who's who's taken at the very beginning. So I just like it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So six months later, they are on this guy's trip together on the King's Trail which is 270 miles long. It's pretty long. But yeah. they've, uh, they're only doing a part of it. Yeah, that's longer than the John Muir Trail on the Pacific Crest. Um, oh, man. So they're doing a three-day hiking trip, which gets derailed, seems like, kind of immediately. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Dom is Dom- such a bozo. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, though... All of them are such dicks to each other. Like, these guys are so mean. Like, he, like, hurts his knee. And, like, none of them are spring chickens, right? And, like, he hurts his knee. And he's like, oh, I need to take a break. And all of his friends are immediately like, it doesn't hurt. Get up and keep walking on it. Like, there's, like, zero (laughs) (laughs) sympathy for him. (laughs) 
I kind of got the sense that this is a thing that Dom does. Like Dom is kind of a pansy. He makes a bigger deal out of things than he needs to. And they're kind of like, okay, Dom is just being Dom. And, and that's sort of how I took that moment. Like this is just a group of friends. They know how their friend is and they're sick of this shit because they don't want to be on this trip either. (laughs) Isn't it? ironic that dom is the one who tells people that they're not allowed to lose their shit when he is like so obviously losing his shit the whole time (laughs) he's such a drama queen and you know at this point i i want to talk about all the points in which we should turn around uh this is like (laughs) one of them (laughs) if my friend can't walk and they they still have two days full of hiking left like then we're turning around that that doesn't it's not happening There's no way. Uh, They have 14 hours of hiking left over two days. That's a lot of hiking. It's a lot of hiking. And to be fair to Dom, there is a time later in the movie where he's not wearing pants and you do see his knee and his knee is like massacred. It's bad. It's (laughs) so bad. It made me feel like, oh my gosh, when they were giving you so much grief earlier, why did you not just like take your pants off and show them? like how bruised and messed up your knee is. Yeah. And so Hutch is like, hey, let's just take a shortcut through the woods over there to save time. And I'm like, that's probably the worst decision you could make. I I don't know why they go along with this. I don't either. Like you would have to be so confident because I mean, they look out over these woods and it is just dense packed forest for miles and miles and miles and surely you would look at that and feel like um once I get into these woods there is no line of sight you're just in these woods and you need to have an amazing sense of direction to get through them without a trail and they do a good job with the cinematography to really depict that you know you're you're always looking at a like head on through a thick forest of trees and you know, the trees are blocking line of sight in and out. And you can kind of see like people weave through the trees as they're walking through the forest, but you only get like hints of somebody. You only get a part of their arm or a part Mm -hmm. of their head or, you know, as they're passing amongst the trees. And it really drives home that message, just how easy it would be to get lost in this forest. You, you, you can't even see straight ahead because of all the trees. Um, there was also this experiment on Mythbusters about this. You know, if uh, if people can, if people naturally walk in a straight line, um, do you think that they would naturally walk in a straight line, Kate? I I don't. I can't imagine that people naturally walk in a straight line. I bet that people like start in a straight line and then they start to like maybe arc. I would imagine that they arc towards their dominant side. So if you're like a right-handed person, you probably arc to like the right or like to the left if you're left-handed. Yeah, that's what I thought it would be too. But it turns out that people tend to arc with the rotation of the earth. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't have a compass, you could you could get lost. I mean, these guys do have a compass, which is great. I, I don't think, I think even with a compass, I wouldn't want to though. I mean, you don't know what you're going to run into that you have to go around and how if you're going to be able to go around it. Like, I, that's the type of thing that I worry about. 
even if I can see my destination? I think that the first part of the movie where you see that they're going to have to deal with nature in a very direct way, it makes you feel like the thrust of the movie is going to be man versus nature. I mean, so much of what they say at the beginning as they're hiking up to where they do the first little memorial is talking about like how huge the landscape is. One of the guys, I think it might be Hutch, says it makes you feel insignificant. And so the first time I watched this, I thought that it was going to be um, almost kind of Blair Witchy, where Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, yes, there's something in the woods that's pursuing them, but it's also like the woods themselves as a character, as like an antagonist. And I thought that that was the direction that they're going to go in here. And so I think that that makes like the later turn like a little less interesting. But I mean, the first like two thirds are so good because they like lean so hard into that. Exactly. That's a really perfect way to put it. You know, it's it's man versus nature and then it becomes man versus man and it's less intriguing. Right. Like we we know how that goes. Right. We know what man versus man looks like, but like man versus creature that can take an elk and like shove it onto tree branches. Like, oh, that's true. That is yeah, basically that's... our next kill count. <laughs> Death, I guess we kind of forgot that one. Yeah. So they're cutting through the woods and um, they see up in this way up in this tree, this elk. I wrote down reindeer, but they do say later that it's an elk they or they're elk, guessing it's yeah. an elk. And it's basically yeah. like, it looks like it's flayed open and like, mounted onto this tree and they're speculating like could a bear do that I was like, oh what I are know you saying <laughs> I was like I wrote down it's just funny to see the mental gymnastics they go through to make sense of what they're seeing There's yeah so it, much it's denial. like basically in a saw trap it's all like it's like a Carrie when she gets her her chest ripped open it looks really sick and it's a fresh kill. Like, there's still blood dripping from it. And Luke calls this out. And they're like, yeah, we should probably leave. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're they going through these woods. And, like, they thought it was going to be a shortcut, which, sure, okay. Um, but then, of course, it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> getting dark. And then rain starts dumping down. And they find the creepiest thing that they could find, which is an abandoned cabin in the woods. And they decide that they're going to break into it which I if we're talking about points where you should have turned around I think that they probably should have turned around to that elk (laughs) for sure yes oh right that's the second time I wrote (laughs) (laughs) and then again when they get into this cabin and they're like poking around and then they go up into the attic and see that effigy get out of there (laughs) yep I was like at this point I would definitely turn around rain or no rain like this is not a good place to be clearly the, you know if there are people still visiting this little this little uh hut they obviously have some connection to what's gone what they've seen outside with the elk because it's like a very similar like treatment of the effigy it looks it looks similar to the the deer in the in the trees like you can tell that they're related it's this effigy made of like twi- twigs, like forest matter, and it looks like this 
headless body or form. And the guys are kind of like doing bro stuff about it. Like where one of them, Phil is like, I'll pay you, I'll pay anyone a grand to go sleep up in the attic with that thing. Like Mm -hmm. they're totally trying to downplay how they're feeling about it. Um, But that night is when we get the first like round of weird stuff happening. And I want to give them so much credit for the uh, hallucination effect that they mm-hmm. do. It's super, super cool. Yeah, it's such a cool effect. They they blur in these memories that the guys have. Well, it's mostly Luke that they focus on. He's He's got all these flashbacks of the night that Robert died. It's sort of like post-traumatic stress, it seems like. But it's also intermixed with the forest. So it's it's really cool because he walks in and out of both environments simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a good job mixing the two environments up. And then all of a sudden, he's back in the cabin talking to his friends. Like, he's he comes out of it. Like, it's not quite a dream. It's, it's not quite real. But it also is real because he's awake now and in the cabin waking up his friends. It does this like neat time dilation thing and his friends are losing their minds in this cabin. Um, like two yeah. of the guys are having night like nightmares, like waking nightmares, um, where one of them is it um is it Phil who who's the one who wakes up and he's like pissed his pants and That's Hutch. Hutch is oh, Hutch. himself. Okay. Yeah. Phil is upstairs. Right. He's the one praying, yeah. Praying to that effigy. Naked praying to the effigy. Turn around. Go back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? And then um, poor Dom. um, I guess his big character trait is that he has a wife. Um, because they like to they like to bring in the fact that he's got a wife. Um, so he's uh he's crying for Gail. And that's when we see where his legs really messed up. Right, right. Well, you know, they don't turn around, they keep going, and they end up spending a second night in the woods. Yes, before they (laughs) do that. So much for the shortcut. (laughs) Yeah, before they do that, this is where the tensions are like really starting to ramp up between all of the guys because they're obviously not getting through the woods as fast as they think that they will. Um and Dom is complaining incessantly about his leg. Um, and Luke runs up to this ridge because he's like, oh, I see a ridge up there. I'm going to run up and I'm just going to try and look out like over the hills to see like how far we are off from the lodge. And I love this scene so much. This is probably like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when he runs up to this ridge and it's not a ridge. It's just more forest. <laughs> more and it's, forest. And it's, you can't see anything but more trees. And the like sinking realization that they're like in way too deep. Plus, this is when you first like kind of see the creature. And it's like, you can tell it's huge and some kind of monster. But then there's that like hand that comes around the like tree. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I was so into it. It was so creepy. Yeah. I I remember that shot from the trailer. That's actually what made me want to watch the movie. And I was hoping the movie would be like all this all the time. Just creep out 
Um, and I love how it's like, you can't tell if it's a deer or a human or a monster. Like you get like little glimpses of pieces of this thing and it, none of it makes sense together. It's just very unsettling. I love it. it. And his like sheer panic as he like runs back to his friend group. And then that's when like things like really devolve, right? Because it's getting, starting to get dark again. Like they're, they're realizing they're going to have to spend a second night. And that's when um, Luke, you know, throws a punch at Dom <laughs> because of the, it, it finally like bubbles over, right? All of the like anger that Luke survived and didn't actually try and save Robert at the beginning yeah Dom kind of like says hey it's bullshit that this happened to Robert instead of you I mean in a roundabout way that's kind of what I thought I he was getting at yeah. yes but like how mean is that it's so mean <laughs> so mean <laughs> like oh Robert's life was worth more than yours because I liked Robert better than you <laughs> like what <laughs> or like you deserve to die because you wanted alcohol and nobody else did <laughs> It's so just weird, so bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the second night that they're in the woods, they've got their tents and stuff still, and so they set up camp. And this, uh, this felt pretty Blair Witch to me, also. It did. They they come upon remnants of an old camp. I don't know if you remember that, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, they find uh, like this wallet and camping supplies from somebody who is clearly not there anymore. It's, it's been abandoned for, for a bit. And this is what the first time we start to see Hutch lose it. Cause H- the whole time Hutch has been like, guys, this is nothing. You guys are making a big deal out of nothing. We had a nightmare. It's fine. You know, he's blowing everything off, trying to stay sane. And this is like getting real right now. He, you can, you can hear it in his voice. He's starting to like, lose his sanity a bit because it turns Mm -hmm. out that this can't all be explained away and it is a very scary situation that that they're in oh and now phil is hurt because of his shoes i boy i feel for phil and his crappy hiking shoes because (laughs) (laughs) i used to run and i know what it feels like to get a blister or like you know have something go wrong with your feet but then you're stuck running on it or walking on it and it's awful so I really feel for Phil here <laughs> and poor Phil is the next one who gets it no no sorry Hutch is the one who gets it next right Hutch gets it yeah Hutch gets it because they they wake up while cam- while they're camping right because they hear screaming Right. And it's Hutch and he's been taken from his tent. Um, and they don't they don't find him right away. Um, he they hear him screaming and then all of a sudden the screams end. But eventually they come upon him hanging from a tree, just like the original elk. Mm-hmm. And so they pull and him down. Dom is the one who insists that they can't just leave him like that. And so he does kind of this very loose burial, just twigs and shit on his body. It looks very pagan. It does. And he says, we we should say something. And the other guys are like, we have to go. Like, we we don't have time to start mourning. (laughs) We have to just get out of here. Yeah. 
And now it's basically Luke's time to shine, I felt. Um, now he is sort of like, I have to get us out of here. Dom is useless and Phil isn't a leader, right? So this mm-hmm. is like Luke pulls through now that Hutch is gone and he's like, we're going to get out of here. Yeah, he's um, like, I have a knife. <laughs> like, we're going to just try. Like, that's like, they just have to. They just have to try. There's like some daytime stuff as they're they're going through because there's another night that they end up in the woods as well. And it's during that daytime that they see um, like footprints in the mud. Mm-hmm. There's been all of these hints that maybe maybe there are people, maybe they're being watched. Um, and when they see these foot footprints, they're like, we're not going to follow those, which is like maybe the first smart thing that they've done. Like finally. Yeah, because <laughs> Dom has... <laughs> No kidding. Dom has been seeing, well, the, the four of them have been seeing evidence of civilization, right? They've they've noticed a couple of cabins by this point. They've noticed trail markers. They've seen the footprints. Um, and so that has given Dom some comfort so far in the movie, thinking, you know, oh, there's people here. We'll have help. But now that they've seen what these people do, <laughs> what, you know, presumably these people do, um, to the to anyone they come upon they're kind of like oh actually we want to stay away from people so it's it's taken a turn by the time they get to night two they have um they've abandoned their stuff like they're like not carrying their tents they don't have any of their gear on them anymore it's just trying to get out of the woods and um this is when phil um, gets taken by the creature and you start to see like kind of more of the creature but it's still very it's very dark and it's like coming through the woods you don't totally see what's happening right this is the third night this is when luke goes up the ridge and he actually does see the edge of the forest but when Mm -hmm. he comes back down when he comes back down the ridge i think he kind of sees another hallucination and that's when phil gets kidnapped and now it's just him and dom (laughs) They're they're just getting whittled down. (laughs) And Dom is probably the worst person to have with you right now because he is Luke. Right. I I was like, man, the parallels from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, where the pairing you see at the beginning is Luke and Robert, right? And everyone loves Robert. Like Luke and Robert seem like they're really tight with each other. And then at the end of the movie, after everyone in their friend group has been killed, it's the two people who like each other the least. Which I think is important for his redemption arc. Um, I I think it's kind of a nice touch. Like, hey, you don't get to just redeem yourself with the easiest friend, but (laughs) with Dom. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like he he has to like kind of over overcome that and he seems very willing to he's like mm-hmm. uh, he's like we're gonna we're just gonna run and we're just gonna go and and actually motivates him to do so yeah but they end up um inside another creepy house and this is when the people show up and kidnap them so this and, is where the movie kind of yeah. loses me yeah same and uh, the comment i have is that that they end up in this cabin. So they've like run through, they're running away from this creature and they come upon like this lit cabin and they burst inside 
And at this point, we're like exactly an hour into the movie and there's only 28 minutes left of the movie. And I was like, the fact that we are going to be spending 28 minutes with these cult people is like the most immediate indicator that we're going to learn way too much about what's going on. Yep. Yep. They they do explain it. You know, this woman, I called her frumpy woman. She comes down <laughs> to offer Luke some comfort um, because Dom has been taken upstairs for torturing. And um, she's like, hey, this is what we do here. We have long life because we worship this God and you're going to worship him too because you've been marked. We didn't really talk about that, the marking like why Luke was marked and and what that meant. She tells him that it's because he has more pain than the others and that this thing recognizes that and picks people based on that. Yeah, it it has, you know, marked him in one of his nightmares and he's the only one with this marking. And I think you know, I get the sense that the the creature chose him because it's he's like got a lot of guilt, like you said, like pain. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really easy to just break him, like break his yes. will. Yeah. Yes. Which I think is funny because I feel like Dom's will is also easy, could potentially easily be broken because he's such a shit show. But he does miss his wife. So maybe not. He doesn't have that emotional. I, I think he has ties. Strength. Yeah. He has ties yeah. to things in general, whereas Luke seems like. Not only does he not have like a partner or a family, but his friend group had also kind of turned on him in the wake of Robert's murder. So it makes sense that that you would want to prey on someone who is isolated and already kind of broken and just like pull them into your fold. And because it's just Luke and Dom at the end, like they have decided that Dom is just going to be part of a regular sacrifice, (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. so like sad. And then Luke is put into this position where he um, wants to try and help and save Dom, but he's they're They're chained up in this room, so he can't do anything. It's so ironic. Like now he has his shit together and now he's ready and willing to help and he's chained up. <laughs> he breaks his thumb to get out of his chains though, which I was like, oh, that's his penance. Like that's his penance for not helping Robert. He's he's back in business or he, you know, he's made up for it or whatever. Like whatever there was to make up, he's done it in this moment. Going back to the markings for a second, what was the deal with that woman who had the swastika scar under her markings? That's a good question. I, what was, what was the Nazi involvement with Sweden? Was Sweden invaded? Was Sweden allied with the Nazis? I'm so bad at history. Um, I know. I don't remember specifically Sweden's deal. Yeah. I I was thinking like, oh, maybe that was her pain. Like maybe she used to be a Nazi or something. Like since these people have long life, you know, she could be like fairly like she could be a Nazi, but just looks a little young or whatever. Yeah. That's a good point is like because this God grants them at least a form of immortality or like extended life that 
like, yeah, maybe she was a Nazi. And so he branded her as like a Nazi. Or oh. what was the, would the Nazi tattoo be there already? And maybe then it did the marking over it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I was wondering about that, too, because I didn't. I, that was the only one I noticed was that Nazi symbol on her and nobody else. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't show us any other markings. Um, I was going to try and look up his marking because I think that he had um, these like what looked like puncture wounds and it looked like yeah. there was five, which there were five people in their friend group too. Oh. So like- I assumed it was the fingers from the antlers that were just like shoved into his chest to yeah, that created but those markings. That- but knowing that hers only had the four around the swastika, mm. so maybe it's tied, like the marking is tied to oh. the specific person's pain. Right. That's a good call out. Yeah. I'll have to look up and see um, what uh, to verify that there were five puncture wounds on him. But if- I think I saw five. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one to chew on, mm-hmm. I think. I hadn't really thought about that. This ending just starts to feel like a very different type of movie because he is in with these cult people. They're explaining to him how they worship the creature. This younger woman even comes down and like explains to him like who they're worshiping, what the sacrifice is and like what it does for them. And they're like, we're going to make you do your ritual tonight where you will either kneel and worship this God or it's just going to shove you on a tree like it does to everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Dom is put out as an offering for this, for this monster and the monster tricks, tricks Dom with a vision of his wife, Gail, but then hangs him on a tree. (laughs) <laughs> and I I thought this part was like an example of them showing us too much. I thought that the little glimpses of the creature where you couldn't exactly piece together what it was, was really compelling because it felt like this god of the forest that's kind of shape-shifting and like casting these hallucinations around people. And then here it shows you the monster and it's very weird it's super super weird looking it's cool um it's really cool but then there's no mystery anymore you're like i know right. what this creature looks like i know how it can trick people and i know exactly that like it doesn't even eat people it just like takes them and like puts them on a tree <laughs> decorates its forest with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah like a little magpie <laughs> Yeah, and the other so I actually like getting to see some shots of the creature. Like I think that shot where it's Luke's perspective from far away and it's the creature in front of the burning building, which we'll have to get to because mm-hmm. that there is a kill count addition there. <laughs> yes. Um the uh that's a really cool shot. Like I love seeing mm-hmm. the form of the creature, but what what it does, like the side effect of seeing the creature to me makes the creature less powerful because it it looks mortal it doesn't look mystical um to me when you know when you're looking into its face like its eyes like that looks mystical that looks like a like a void you know that's very cool but um the creature itself looks defeatable and it becomes less scary yes and i want to talk a little bit about the creature and its origin so yeah the woman does 
give him a brief explainer of this creature, which she says is a Yutun. And it is a descendant of the god Loki. And so there are some like things that we can start to assume about this creature based on what it's doing to this friend group and how it's really behaving in the forest. And I know you, you looked up a little bit about like this god, right? Or type of gods. Yeah, a little bit. I wanted to know where they came up with this creature design from. And, you know, it's it's not really like set in the mythology that this creature looks like a deer with antler hands and no face. <laughs> it's actually just a giant in Norse myth- mythology. Um, okay. And it's, yeah, it's like a nature spirit with superhuman strength. So I thought your take on the form of the creature was really interesting and probably yeah. the right answer. <laughs> I think it could totally be a, a blend of both, but because Loki in Norse mythology is um, he's a trickster god and his he's not very strong. He's not powerful like Odin or Thor or even hell, right? Like he is um, powerful through like trickery, like deceit and shape-shifting and hallucinations and so where Loki is based kind of ends up influencing what form he takes and so if he's in the ocean he takes the form of a fish if he's in like fields he'll take the form of a horse and so I felt like this descendant of Loki it made sense that it was taking on this kind of shape-shifting form of forest things right like kind of reindeer or elk or deer but also kind of woodsy at the same time and then also kind of goat-like in some instances and the hallucinations and nightmares that it's casting on people is uh part just part of its powers because it's like you said it, it seems defeatable and I think it's because Loki as a god is not actually like very physically strong so he has to rely on these kind of mind games in order to to kill people or, or win win over on them hmm. the more you know <laughs> yeah I really didn't know anything about I I don't I don't really go down mythology rabbit holes so I always like getting some tidbits from you Kate <laughs> there is um a really excellent book um by Neil Gaiman which is um a collection of Norse mythology and it's like all of the classic like Norse myths and um I want to say when uh this is like very like topical but when Mike and I were in Iceland we were listening to like this (laughs) like Norse mythology on uh, audiobook uh narrated by Neil Gaiman and it's just super cool because you hear like all of these stories so that's where that came from and I really recommend it it's really fun to listen to and like just learn all these old myths oh we'll have to put it on our blog yes yeah that's a good point so well we do actually have more on our kill count than we originally remembered (laughs) we do considering (laughs) that the entire village gets murdered (laughs) (laughs) and the entire village uh is also comprised of this stockpile of like mummy effigies and I think these are yes. people who are, who have either like they've been sacrificed or um, they got in trouble. Like this, uh, this frumpy lady who, uh, who the monster takes out 
Um, but um, it looks like these are people who are supposed to be dead or were killed, quote unquote, mm -hmm. but because of this unnatural lifespan that they have from the uh, magic of the creature, they're still alive. And so their little mummies start like making horrible sounds. Um, Luke, Luke actually wanders in on this. That's how the audience gets to see this room. And he's like, um, no, <laughs> and sets the whole thing on fire. Um, unintentionally hilarious. So that's the other thing too, is that I think that the last like third of the movie is so unintentionally hilarious, yes. which is not what you want from a horror movie. He walks no. in, sees these horrifying mummies, uh, and just lights them on fire. He just, like doesn't hesitate. He just like lights one on fire and then turns around and walks out. <laughs> And then the monster comes by and he's like all mad because now his shit's been fucked up. Mm -hmm. And so he kills a devout worshiper. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm punishing you, random frumpy lady. And he takes out her eyes. It was so gross. He takes her eyes. As Luke is uh, trying to run downstairs away from this burning attic um, and he gets stopped by that witchy lady and he just punches her in the face. It was perfect. <laughs> I was like, also, punch her. And then he does. A <laughs> I know. It's a I mean, I do appreciate that, like, yeah, he's a man, like, in his 30s or 40s, and she's, like, an immortal witch lady, but she's very frail. So, like, yeah. of course, you can just punch her in the face. You gotta punch her. <laughs> Fight or flight. Um, but this monster's Achilles heel really is just his pride. Like it does not want Luke to escape worshiping him. It's like, you're going to bow down and I'm going to make you bow down. It spends like 10 minutes chasing him in the woods. <laughs> I, I was thinking that maybe that was because, um, Luke, as he's escaping, he's burning down this village. He's, <laughs> you know, he's shot people, people are burning and so I thought that maybe the monster god spent more time trying to chase him down because it needed worshippers. And he was the <laughs> only out of worshippers now. Yeah. It's like there's no one left. You just killed everyone. So I have to force you to be a worshiper because otherwise I have <laughs> no cultists. This is true. And people don't seem to come through this area very often. I mean, we saw evidence of an abandoned VW bus and and that guy's wallet that that family's or you know whoever's camp setup that was and that's it like they don't get passer passerby <laughs> it's because no one's supposed to be there yeah i think that the creature relies so heavily on its worshipers to capture people for it for its sacrifices that it needs someone and i think that that's why it's mm. willing to like go through this extra effort rather than just grabbing him and killing him yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. It does yeah. spend a long time chasing it. And I thought it was pretty cool when it showed like its kind of true form yes. at the end where it like makes itself really tall and it like reveals like it stood up form and then it looks the super cool. The forest around it like kind of changes colors and feels like it gave me a really like spacey vibe, like yeah. the colors that they brought into the forest. That was really cool. It also kind of reminded me of it, you know, when you're staring into um, the deadlights 
Yeah. And it turns, yeah, like the world sort of fades away. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that. And I love stuff like that. This like mystical, hard to wrap your head around imagery. Really cool mm-hmm. to watch. Um, but apparently this monster is it's limited to the forest. Like it can't leave its forest. And that's how Luke ends up escaping. Mm-hmm. Because this thing doesn't kill him. He keeps running. <laughs> he just keeps going. And I mean, the trail that they were going to take didn't go through the forest. <laughs> like, people obviously knew, right, that, like, you shouldn't go through the forest. <laughs> I know. None of this had to happen. Now all he has is himself and his axe. I feel like that moment at the end where he's screaming back at the monster, he's, like, basically roaring, you know, at the monster to kind of, you know, I beat you. Um, I feel like... I wanted to care more about that, but I just didn't like, it was sort of like the, the dot at the end of his arc. And I was like, all right. Um, I don't know. It, it didn't, I, I just didn't care as much about the character as I felt I should have <laughs> for that moment. I think that it would have been more effective for me had he felt like he was really free of the shackles of, shame and toxic masculinity and like all the shit he was going through in this movie if he literally just cried like if he cried if he just like cried at the end and like actually like cried for his friends to like start that mourning process I would have been like wow this is him coming out a changed person but like doing like a primal scream into the void I was like all right (laughs) sure I'm glad that you survived Yeah. I wonder if they tried it with a few different things and just ended on that or if it was always a roar. I am intrigued what the book's ending might be since you said it Mm -hmm. was different because I I was thinking about how the offer is like a form of immortality, right? And at the beginning of the movie when he doesn't put himself out there to save Robert, he chose life. He chose to continue living. And at the end of the movie, he's offered like, oh, you're you're given this offer to live forever. Like you can choose life again um, by following me. And he de- and he denies that choice um, to just continue his life. It could have been interesting if he had accepted. <laughs> right. Like, oh, he didn't grow. But I, I mean, the whole movie was set up for him to grow. So, of course, it was right. go like this. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about the two different rituals that are in this movie. Yeah, I was curious, like, when does the, you know, how long does the original, I shouldn't say the original, how long does the ritual of conversion take? Because, you know, the guys start having these dreams day two in the forest, I want to say, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um when they're in that cabin is that the first time is that the monster like scoping them out and initiating the ritual there or is it something else entirely? Uh, I think it I think it's 100% the ritual starting at that point. I think that you're totally on the money. And I think that for two reasons. I think it uh firstly because he gets marked and so at that point um, the God has chosen one of them. 
And so that like instigates like, okay, there is going to be a ritual happening because one has been chosen. Um, and then also I think that when they go outside and they see that um, runes have been carved into all of the trees sur- surrounding the cabin, it just feels like it's starting to guide them towards this final ritual that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that sense as well um, because it it doesn't really seem like they ever completely leave this sort of trance. Um, there's there's just so many like hallucinations in and out of uh, Luke's mind throughout the remainder of the the movie. So mm-hmm. I kind of was feeling like he's he continues to remain under the spell under under this like hallucination spell that's been set up by the monster. Mm-hmm. Um, the next part in the ritual is when they tortured Dom, right? I want to say yeah, that's kind of like the next phase. I would phase. say so. I don't know. Why were they torturing him prior to just sacrificing him? Beats me. It didn't make any sense to me. And I, and I hate that we don't, I kind of hate that we don't know what they were doing or like what was freaking him out. Cause he does come back down to the dungeon and he has like a black eye, I think, and some blood, but he, overall he looks the same. Like it doesn't look like anything's happened. Have they, have they bore into his flesh? Have they just, is he, was he shown something frightening? Like, did they hit him? I, I have no idea, but he's conscious and able to talk. Um, and they didn't do this for any of the other guys that they hung up on the trees. Right. I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, unless it's to agitate more pain in Luke. Like if it's to Maybe. actually like perversely like make Luke more ready to worship. I don't know. Like it's because it doesn't really make much to sense. To frighten Luke or something. Right. Yeah. Like, like, oh man, not only does he have to be afraid of what's happening, but he also sees like what could like is happening to his friend that he can do nothing to help. Right. Because they do this to Dom and then they put him on, they tie him up to a pole and that's when the creature comes and and grabs him and decorates the forest with his guts. But that that itself, that rich that ritualistic offering in itself is supposed to be part of the ritual of converting Luke into being a worshiper as well. Isn't mm-hmm. that right? Yes. Yeah. And I don't under it's not really clear how that would work. Um, and I don't think I don't think the uh, ritual ever gets finished because Luke escapes. Right, because they don't actually get to do the ritual with Luke, so we don't know what that looks like because Luke has at this point killed a bunch of people and set their village on fire and started running away before they can capture him um, and take him to whatever they're going to do to make him worship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's really not clear what this ritual is supposed to look like it's spread out over multiple days and it's not really it's it's just not clear to the audience what defines this ritual i think that's how i felt about it i agree and i mean obviously the ritual is not effective because he does not become a right. worshiper at the end <laughs> but leaves. also like for how much they over explain like they don't really give you 
the detail on, on the ritual itself and for and for on a movie the part that's, that's called, interesting the movie that is called the ritual yeah <laughs> yeah it's a like yeah it misses the mark a little bit for me I know I at least like change the title it, it like the ritual really doesn't seem like the centerpiece of this movie it seems like it's a driver or motivation for the creature to harass them but we don't even see the ritual it doesn't finish it's it's such a minor part I feel to if this they movie, had called it like actually. the forest or something or like I yeah. don't know like I feel because I feel like that's so much more part of it or Uten or something <laughs> yeah like yeah. just call it something else yeah <laughs> yeah we get a smaller more mortal ritual at the beginning of the movie oh yes that's right yeah we do and that's where um they set up a small memorial for Robert um at um kind of the beginning of their their hiking trip yeah it's really sweet they um they have day one has been finished and they have this little altar of rocks set up on a hill and they have a a photo of robert tucked Mm -hmm. into the rocks and uh hutch passes around the flask everyone takes takes their drink and he pours out the rest of the flask and it goes on for kind of a funny amount of time. He, it's so human. Like, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it is funny. And everyone's kind of looking like, oh, my God, now we don't have any booze. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a funny moment because you can tell like no one wants to say anything, but they're all also thinking like, wow, we just poured out a lot of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and none of us want to be here. <laughs> I guess I would say that ritual didn't work either because they didn't stay very good friends. <laughs> no, I, I think it's also not effective. I think that for me, it felt like they were going through the motions of what they thought they should do rather than doing what they need to do to recover as a friend group. Uh, same can be said for them being on this trip at all. Like yes, no, none of yes. them really care about this trip they the way either, Robert cared. They should have either not done it right and just like come to terms with the fact that their friendship has changed forever um or like done a trip that they would have liked and like reminisced in a way that would have been good for them yeah so two failed rituals in the ritual (laughs) not an aptly named film really not but i mean as much as we're complaining about the last third of this movie, I still think it's worth watching. <laughs> oh, I really like this movie. I, I enjoyed watching it again. And I enjoyed watching it with you in complete silence because yeah. I was like, for the most part, it's a good movie and it is creepy and it's fun to watch in the dark. I, mm-hmm. I do recommend it um, to people who are into horror, but um, I tell them it's it's good. You know, it's not great. It's not my favorite, but I do enjoy it. Oh, yeah. This movie has what feels like the makings of like a really great movie. And so where it misses the mark, it feels like it hurts more. (laughs) But it's good. It's a very solid movie. The acting's great. I think the diet, like the writing is really good. Like it's just some of the weird stuff at the very end that takes it into a different direction that's not totally there. But even that is fine. Like it's not horrible. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah, I think you feel a little like betrayed <laughs> because the beginning the setup is so good. But that I think uh 
relative to other horror movies, this is a good one. Like you should definitely watch this one. For sure. Uh, definitely give it a shot. It's available on Netflix. It's um, a great like Saturday night popcorn movie. Like I think people should check it out. And it's only an hour and a half long. Our favorite length. <laughs> it's <laughs> perfect in that regard. Totally effective. We'll catch you next time. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching. Mm-hmm.